Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we discuss an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. I'm Susan. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. So a couple weeks ago, we curated a book list for extraterrestrial life, and we had some great picks with everyone's list being different, which I think was the best part. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So go ahead and check out episode 81 to hear them. Now on to our main extraterrestrial life. Uh, And what an extraterrestrial (laughs) life it is. (laughs) Uh, It's an Possibly an absolutely remarkable extraterrestrial. <laughs> Ooh, I know. I see what you All right. Well, there. let's 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 discuss a quick summary of this book first. Uh, and just to be one hundred percent honest with you all, I definitely stole this from Goodreads. So whoever wrote that, thank you. Um, okay. The Carls just appeared. Roaming through New York City at 3 a.m., 23-year-old April May stumbles across a giant sculpture. Delighted by its appearance and craftsmanship, because she is an artiste, Uh, like a 10-foot-tall transformer wearing a suit of samurai armor, April and her best friend Andy make a video with it, which Andy uploads to his YouTube channel. The next day, April wakes up to a viral video and a new life. News quickly spreads that there are Carls in dozens of cities around the world, from Beijing to Buenos Aires. And April, as their first documentarian, finds herself at the center of an intense international media spotlight. Seizing the opportunity to make her mark on the world, April now has to deal with the consequences her new particular brand of fame has on her relationships, her safety, and her own identity. And all eyes are on April to figure out not just what the calls are, but what they want from us. So, what did you guys know going into this book? I knew literally nothing. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> the, the only thing I knew is that this author, Hank Green, is YA author John Green's brother, and this was his first novel. <laughs> Uh, as we all know, I don't even read like the backs or summaries of books, and mm-hmm. I wasn't even on the. I, I couldn't make it. I, I don't remember why, but um, I wasn't even on the book club discussion where you all picked this book. So I all I knew was the cover, <laughs> and clearly we were going to be looking at an absolutely remarkable thing. <laughs> I had no idea it was about aliens or artists or. I I had it. I did have a sneaking suspicion because of like the robots on the cover. I was like, hmm, okay. So sci fi at least, right? But then maybe aliens? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What did you know, Susan? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, I mean, Hank Green is a pretty famous guy on the interwebs. Do you guys follow any of his? podcasts or chats or his brand of pop culture no no i listened to a few youtube episodes with him and his brother um because i've read a lot of john green and i like him um but and i i didn't know until uh al picked it that hank wrote a book i was like oh I'll read it. Like, I like him. I have no beef with them. <laughs> You're like, I know that guy. Yeah. I feel that guy's fine. I feel like I just missed internet celebrity train. Like, I feel like I just missed that. Like, 
Like, I don't, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. So that's yeah. totally fair. There is yeah. just an immense amount yep. of YouTube celebrities. And I think that's why right I haven't jumped on the bandwagon because there's just so much you know and it's like where do i even start you know and i don't even watch youtube so like i yeah i i didn't know anything about him (laughs) so um we didn't know much about hank green walking into this we didn't know much about the book so what ended up standing out to you about an absolutely remarkable thing it was well written um and i'm not saying it like it had great prose great flowerly like it was just good solid writing um it could because it's first person like april's narrating the whole thing and it really sounded like a person telling you a story and i like that it, it yeah. has good pacing mm-hmm. right i mm-hmm. think there's like mm-hmm. really great pacing in the story it kept you there was at no point where I was like, oh, man, this is dragging. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, kind of going along with what Susan was saying, it's just the easygoing tone of that first person narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's also like breaks the fourth wall a lot. So like you kind of feel like you're you're in on it. You know, you're you're part of the story. Yeah, I like how he definitely assumes, you know, things and, he, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be points where um you know, April May will say, I know you think you know everything about this day already, but I'm going to give you a tidbit anyway. So, you know, right. Like this actually had happened. Like, you know, because it was in your newspaper, but Mm -hmm. you don't. And it does. It gives you that feeling of being like a part of it, part of Mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. So speaking of April May, do you find her to be a believable protagonist? I would say yes. Um, she can certainly be a bit annoying and maybe not make the best choices, but that probably actually makes her even more believable. <laughs> right. Right. She's not always like the best at knowing what is good <laughs> all mm-hmm. the time. Well, and I think it's also her looking back on the situation so mm-hmm. she can look back and be like, you know what? That was really stupid of me. You know, like right. she makes these asides where it's like, yeah, I know this wasn't a good idea, but this is what happened. So Yeah, she's like, you're not going to love this bit about me. But since I'm giving you a tell-all, mm-hmm. I'm telling you all. Which, they're the bits that in our real lives, if we were telling the story, we probably wouldn't even say. Because mm-hmm. we know that people will judge us for it. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting part of her. What about you, Susan? I know you have feelings about <laughs> Miss April May. Yeah, I don't like her, um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean she's unbelievable. Like it's partly her being believable that made me not like her, right? Like right. she's just really well thought out. It's because it's like I get you're young. I get you make these rash decisions. Twenty three, you know? Yeah, like I totally get it. But at the same time, it's like. A lot of the things that she wanted in her life and kind of the way she kind of coasted through life did not sit well with me, you know? Um, Like we said before, like she has absolutely charming parents. Like her parents are really good parents, but she's just still this selfish person and making decisions based on what would work for her. And it's like, yes, that's the decision you're making. may not be the best decision. And then the president scolds her. Hey, you should have come to us first. 
<laughs> like I, I actually, I actually think the points you're making are interesting because, like, it's almost it's almost like she's if the if Hank hadn't put in all of these flaws for her, she mm-hmm. would have been wildly too perfect. Oh yeah, right. Sure. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's 23, and when you're pretty and young and female, people give you things. That's just. The, yeah, the world is yeah. slightly easier. She had good parents. Um, she's in a relationship. Like she just would have been this annoying. I think I would have hated her without the flaws. <laughs> right. like, really yeah, too. she's she's incredibly impulsive. Yeah, and oh, yeah. so that's something that I am not. Same, and so same. <laughs> it's it is it's interesting to see. Be like, wow, I would not have done like any of that. No, but no. I can understand it. Yeah. Sometimes she's impulsive and sometimes she's really overthinks things, right? That's true. She's impulsive and calculating. Yeah, I was yeah. just Which thinking calculating because she really they really were so thoughtful about making their brand and how people perceive them while they're video like recording with the Carls and things like that, you know? Like she she puts a lot of thought into it, you know? Yeah, she's definitely one part Gryffindor, one part Slytherin. Uh, oh, she, yeah. She, she rides that. <laughs> she rides that Gryffindor line. Um, so April May, speaking of, uh, finding herself at the center of internet fame. Um, and she does, like, immediately. You know, she makes this video and boom, she's everywhere. Um, how do you think she copes with it? How do you think she changes? Um, and what about you? How do you think you would have handled sudden amount of fame <laughs> not well <laughs> yeah. i see a oh lot of shaking gosh. heads i've been such a basket case <laughs> so this is relates to like having fame and things like that like my husband um proposed to me at epcot in the english gardens but he asked the cast members to help clear it out <laughs> because i do not want to be in the center of attention and i like, he knew I did not want people, like, staring at me while that was happening. Mm. <laughs> well, especially a bunch of strangers, right? Right, right. Like, so, let me have my moment. <laughs> yeah. And so this thing, I would have I would have been a basket case. I'd be like, no, don't, don't even, don't, what, why are you, stop looking at me. <laughs> stop following me. I don't want you here. Like, go. <laughs> so, yeah, that would, that would have been me. I'd have been a basket case. Yeah, I, I. I don't really want to be recognized when I'm walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Like I like to be left alone. So yeah, I, but I'm a different person than her. Yeah. She kind of feeds off of it to at least to a point. Yep. Um, and then she realizes like the enormity of everything. And it, it's more than anybody could have predicted. You know, she just thought right. she was making this cute, you know, little internet video of this statue that popped up and then like, yeah, it might be cool for a week or two. And then, you move on, right. especially in this day and age. So, yeah. huh, to be like the a person with first contact, like she is like a historical figure now, mm-hmm. right? In, in this, yeah. you know, <laughs> in this world, um, ooh, yeah. that's a big deal. What she thinks matters <laughs> now, you know, and that's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. So, how would you have reacted, Tara? Oh man. Um, <laughs> Like, I made this cute video for a friend. Like, I didn't even make it because I wanted to. Like, the friend was like, get in front of the camera. Uh, I... I don't know. I I think I would have... I, I, I think I would be part 
I think I partly would have reacted the same way April May had reacted, but I also think partly I would have talked to the president. Sure. I can <laughs> I, see that. I do think I am probably more uh, more likely to search for authority figures other than me in this situation like that and be like, hey, who can I work with on this? Because right. uh, Who's the what? adult in the room right now? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be it's me. It's not me. <laughs> uh, but if you need me, I'm here. But also, it's not me. And I know that. Right? And um, so, like, you wouldn't just go and give, like, these random, you know, elements to a Carl without knowing no, what was going to happen. but would Gosh, I have maybe yeah. jumped on TV to do a couple of episodes about the video I just fi- – a couple of, like, segments about the video I just yeah. filmed to make a couple hundred dollars? Right. Sure. But, like, if I thought I knew what to feed a Carl, would I go and do it with a handmade video camera? Probably not. I probably would have gone to somebody with that. Right. Yes. That's fair. No, <laughs> so I don't know. Depend, you know, fame, like that sort of cycle, it's a it's positive true. feedback loop, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I don't know how I would have reacted to it in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. I like to think that's what I would have done, but I honestly don't know. Sure. It, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's what we see with April, May is like as we're going through at first, she's like, oh, well, OK, fine. I'll do a couple of, you know, little talks on the news shows because, hey, like I could use some money right now. And then, yeah, it does. It kind of spirals out mm-hmm. of control. And she it's really when she gets in contact with Miranda mm-hmm. and then like suddenly realizes that there is more to this than it's just an art installation and all of this stuff. And then, yeah, like you kind of get into it. And and she's also sleep deprived during a lot of yeah, that first part. So maybe uh, it'll all be a little crazy. Sure. Then. Can I just say I love the David Bowie? Um, oh, <laughs> it, Yes, all of the that was so interesting but how they the were communicating through music. Yeah. Yeah. And through like just game. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um Hank Green, Hank Green has said that the act of seeking fame is the act of seeking dehumanization. Which I think is like that's a big thought. Guys. It is. <laughs> big thought. Yeah. Um how does this play out in the novel? And especially around the idea of internet fame, which Hank Green is uh, wildly familiar with. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. When people are seeking fame, I don't know if they are seeking dehumanization, but I think it's what happens. Mm -hmm. Because I think we've all seen on the internet how people talk to famous people or talk about famous people. Like they are not real real. people. Right. They're not real people and they don't have feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like cancel culture. Like you hear like somebody posts a meme and they're like, that's it. That person's canceled. And you're like, wait, what, guys? They they made a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I saw something. There's there's some blow up right now with Chrissy Teigen and some other chef that like said some some pretty nasty things about her and Marie Kondo. That was also like kind of racist and you know things like that but oh then, i was wondering how um, those two people had anything in common but then you said racism and i was like uh there it is that yeah, would like be the thing saying you know saying that they're sellouts and all this stuff <sighs> but like going through you know as you do a little bit on twitter you go through a little bit of the thread and then somebody was like well chrissy Teigen said this one like kind of mean thing in 2013 and had like a screenshot of a tweet and you're like oh my goodness but does that mean that she should be like you know it, yeah. it it's just the mindset of of the online people is crazy. Right. But if you seek that fame, you have to know that that it, it's like what she does, right? She creates 
that brand. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. I can no longer just be April May myself. I have to be April May, the human face to an extraterrestrial event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And she creates that character because she knows that character will be relatable. And I could tell you, as a person who studied marketing, a lot of these things are, that's what you, part of the exercises that you do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you do somewhat create that facade. You know, think about all the Instagram posts, you know, of everybody having to look perfect and beautiful and pictures from up high and all that. Well, I mean, kind of going back to last month's book with the cinematic life, mm-hmm. right? Know, where you're like, it's kind of the same idea where we talked about Facebook there. And this is now obviously all of the Internet with all of the different social media. But you are you are creating you are creating content to show a specific thing for the most part. I mean, I guess maybe some people do do show like other sides of themselves, but for the most part, you are showing only what you want to show. I mean, of the three of us here, Meredith, you actually have a, a fairly popular bookstagram, uh, Mayor the Book Gal, and you take fab photos, mm-hmm. but like, I don't think it's to anyone's surprise that's not your entire house (laughs) right exactly you know like so for me i'm able to make a brand for my bookish social media that doesn't have to encompass all of my life right and so i can have that division of mayor the book gal and meredith the person (laughs) and i like having that division you know like so i have this brand that i've been building for a few years And if I ever do become a published author, I already have that built in, you know, because they kind of expect an author to have some sort of brand behind them, right? Because you're not just buying the book. Hopefully, you're investing in the person and you'll want to buy other books that they write and whatnot. But like, I need that division. You know, if if I end up somehow becoming a published author, I would probably use a pen name because like, I need my privacy. (laughs) Yeah. That is totally fair. Yeah. Um, I personally found April May's reactions to be very believable and very believably flawed. And we've talked about that. Um, she isn't perfect. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but reflecting on her fame and the pushback to it that unfolds, I did notice a serious flaw that I thought was very odd. Um, did you guys notice anything out of place to the pushback and reactions uh, that Hank put into the book uh, from a- April May's sudden fame. You mean like the pushback from the people who opposed her? Yeah, yeah. Did you notice anything that was odd about it or uh, missing or anything like that? I'll tell you what my idea is, but I, I wanted to give you guys a second to see if you you could uh, if you also noticed it. I don't think so, but. I mean, sometimes listening to an audiobook, it is hard to catch the smaller things, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nothing comes to mind right now. But tell yeah, us, know, Tara. Right? <laughs> what did we so miss? None of the internet trolls and their vile were ever gendered. Mm. Some of it was about her age, some of it was about her sexuality, but none of it was about the fact that April May was actually a girl. Mm. Um, which I think in this day and age is incredibly unrealistic 
Um, yeah. When people, <laughs> when, 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 when that sort of thing happens or when you're a famous female, people come after you just for being a woman, sure. you know, shut up, oh, go yeah. back to the kitchen, all those sorts of uh, talks. Do you think Hank Green did this on purpose or do you think it, he simply didn't think about it because he's not a girl? I don't know. I mean, he's not a girl, but you would think that he'd still have some, you know, inkling of yeah. what's going on. I mean, because, you know, I see stuff again. A lot of it, it really is on Twitter. But, like, you see stuff where people, like authors, because that's what I mostly follow, will talk about how, you know, yeah, they might say something and then they're getting, like, rape threats mm, and, yeah. like, all of these terrible things and I have seen some other, especially white male authors, stick up and be like, look, guys, if I said the same thing, none of this pushback would be happening mm-hmm. right now. Like, you guys need to chill out. So I feel like at least some people are aware of it. I don't know how much Hank Green is on Twitter, <laughs> so I can't say for sure. But that does seem odd that it wasn't addressed at all. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, after... um I can't remember what it's called, but Gamergate? Is that what it was called? Who mm. remembers Gamergate? I feel like the idea that there's a group of male trolls in the world whose sole job is to come after mm. <laughs> opinionated women yeah. is not new or novel. Um, mm-hmm. in, in fact, I think that might be part of the problem that's been so long since that Like now we just consider it somewhat normal. Like If you're a woman on the interwebs... This is something you might just have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe it's just a level that he didn't really want to tackle with this book. You know, he could have purposely been yeah. like, it is a thing, but I kind of don't want to address it here. Cause this, the, there's this other thing he wants to address instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was, of course, um, by erasure, which I thought yeah. was actually a really great thing to address. Right. Um, and I actually found shocking because I'm like, in this day and age, <laughs> still, this is a thing? Oh, yeah, um, it is. But, but that April May was asked, like, can you be straight or get, or just right. gay? Like, do you have to be bi? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys think when that when that came out? Uh, to the publicist? <laughs> Yeah, when the post is said oh that. Oh my god, it's just like who cares? <laughs> I'm, yeah, uh, I mean, you would think we were to that point, but I mean, we're not apparently no, because <laughs> a lot of people like their boxes, right? You can't have yeah, a yeah. rectangle with a divider in the middle, you know, where things can go back and forth. Like, no, no, it has to be like a box. <laughs> it's like, but people aren't like that, like. You know, are you like that? Are you? No, nobody's like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just a bit frustrating because it's like thinking on it. It's like, yeah, you know what? I bet people who are bi does have a harder time saying mm-hmm. that they're yeah. bi. Yeah. You know, and it's that's also unfortunate. It is. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And I thought this book did a good job talking about mm-hmm. that. Bad job talking about gender, great job talking about bi erasure. Right. (laughs) Want to give the props there. Um, So we talked about the publicist. We talked about Miranda. Other than April May, what other characters were you drawn to and why? I don't, 
I don't know if I was drawn to yeah. anyone because I feel like April May was like this huge force that like all gravity was going into. But I did I liked Miranda. I thought she was fun. She was quirky. You know, she was she's smart. adorkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yep. adorkable. Definitely. Yeah. So she was probably like my favorite secondary character. Yeah, I enjoyed Maya. Right, that was her girlfriend, ex girlfriend. Yeah, okay. I love Maya. I, I really enjoyed Maya, and I think that's also uh, with Maya because they're the same age ish. Um. And it's like, hey, Maya's also the same age, but not as rash and impulsive like April is. So it's like not all people are like that, you know, which is also why like, hey, April, learn some lessons here. Listen to this woman. She actually has some sense (laughs) to like say, hey, slow down. You got to think about this for a second. You know, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, you know? Um, Yeah, I think I I identify mm -hmm. a lot more with Maya. Um, because April May just has such a self-destructive personality. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. And I know a lot of it had to do with just getting caught up in all the fame. But she even admits to herself, she's like, oh, things are getting too serious with Maya. Better cut it off. Yeah. You know, like, I can't let pe- anybody get too close. She's a runner. Yeah, I mean. It is what it is. <laughs> that's just like, no, I mean, she's, Maya seems so great. What are you doing? <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, Maya it, Maya gets her own sort of brand of fame, doesn't she? Yes. Where, like, sh- through a pseudonym, mm-hmm. uh, th- but she, you know, becomes big in the dreamer community. Yeah. Which Yeah, I, I'd forgotten about yeah. that. So that's another way I'd be like Maya. I'd be like, I'm famous, but you don't know it's me. Yes, I was just <laughs> thinking that. It's like, oh, but this is a different kind of fame. It's more behind the scenes. It's not out you know like i don't have to show my face like i was totally identifying with maya (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep and she has a great contribution to the effort too Mm -hmm. because of all the things she works on with the dreamers yeah yeah well and she's the one who tells april like hey you can't do this alone like you literally Mm -hmm. have to have other people help you yeah we also get the perspective very very uh late in the book from Andy. Uh, Andy in a lot of ways is sort of our second protagonist, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the, the dude, the the partner in crime. Um, I, I liked that. They never made that romantic. I like that. They never made the Robin thing romantic too. Yes. Um, Thank God. Not everything has to have a romance. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) That this could have been a big, like I sleep with everybody book. Like it could have been, which by the way, would have, probably gone against the whole thing he was trying to accomplish with the uh with discussion of bisexuality right. <laughs> like not mm-hmm. not everybody who's bi is you know just sleeping around with everybody i mean if you are good for you but <laughs> like um you know that's that is a negative perception that a lot of people have um and th- everybody's really attractive in this book and young and so, like, every single time someone new came on, I was like, well, this could be the romantic interest, or this could be the romantic interest, or this could be the... And none of it ended up being the romantic interest. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Yep. <laughs> yeah. Same. Thank you. <laughs> um, She's got enough going on. Oh, yeah. She definitely. does. We don't, need, we don't need a complicated romantic backstory nope. for this book. Nope. Um, just a, you know, sad breakup, which is fine. That works. <laughs> um <laughs> But I really liked their relationship. I liked the Andy April mm-hmm. dynamic. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I like them. 
I felt bad for him. So, but I liked him. <laughs> yeah. Feel bad for him. Especially especially with Miranda. You're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I know. <laughs> um all right. Well, we haven't gone into our antagonist, antagonist, which is Peter Petrowicki. I hope I'm saying that right. Petrowicki. Yeah. And the defenders. Do you think that whole thing is realistic? Insane? Uh do we see that playing out right now? I, I was about to say, yeah, it, it felt like I was Way to lead. watching watching our regular news. Yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes this book hit a little too close to home, right? It totally did. Oh, yeah. It really did. I get, getting more into the book while I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, man, I was not ready for this book. This is, this is way too close to home right now. <laughs> Yeah, even though it's about aliens, it was still very, very much yeah. <laughs> some things we're going through now. Yeah, and so unfortunately, it felt realistic for sure. Yeah. You know, just, uh, yeah. It just, I get, I get having opinions and I get people having opposing opinions and I get like two popular people going on TV and talking about their opinions. But that's what it is, right? Their opinions. There's, they have no facts right. to base anything on. They're just supposing and making theories and assuming. Um, yet people yeah. follow them because it's like, yes, this person I like or I follow or I believe in is saying the truth. So it's fact. But it's not the truth. It's just justifying your own opinion. Right. And because yeah. they're helping you justify your own opinion, you... They take on a, yeah, yeah. Like the the line between fact and opinion is blurred. Yeah, and right. we certainly have been seeing that for years now, mm-hmm. um, with what's going on. And I guess it was interesting because, to be fair, April didn't really have that many facts on her side either. I mean, other than, well, if the Carls were going to hurt us, wouldn't they have done it by now? And uh, like, that's a good a good argument. And then sometimes it seemed like Peter was making some rational arguments on his side, but then it became so inflammatory mm-hmm. that the message was lost. Yep. They mo they both mobilize their own internet armies in yeah. a way. Right. But because his becomes, like you say, inflammatory because his becomes um, based off fear, fear, I would say mm-hmm. that then sections of the group spiral out and it becomes very toxic yeah. and in the end leads to something very disastrous yeah. occurring. Um, how much responsibility do you think he has for the actions of those few? Uh, as a leader, big mm-hmm. responsibility. You know, he fully well knows that these people like depend on him and think that he knows the truth, you know, And so he has influence over them. And that's the thing about being famous. You have influence. Like you do affect how people think and feel about certain things. And when you have that responsibility, you have to realize like, hey, you guys over here, it's a little much. You you need to dial it back. This is not my intention, you know? Right. And, And he didn't condemn the attacks. Yeah. Right after they happen, you know, like he, he the was letting it play out. out. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, 
he has a lot of responsibility in this mm-hmm. and it just made me angry in the end when he just like washes his hands of it. It's like, I'm going to go live on an island and <laughs> yeah, he's, I'm not he's like, be part I, this of this. isn't what I meant. Yeah. It's like, no, this all happened on your board. Right. This all happened in your space and happened because of the things you are saying. Exactly. You have responsibility for that. Yep. He definitely yeah. has responsibility, <clears throat> but also the true evil person in this is the agent. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's just because she, you feel that way and I feel that way. And I do feel that way because she is the reason you feel she is the one that the, like the, the linchpin for why April gets hurt. Um, Well, she gave Peter a platform platform. and not to say he couldn't have gotten another agent and done the same thing. But the fact that she was conniving enough to be like, I am going to literally play both sides of this and pit my own clients against each Mm -hmm. other. Like it was just, Mm. And because that makes yeah. for better TV, that means she can get more cuts because she can book them more interviews and things yeah, and debates. And so, yeah, I mean, she was thinking all about the money. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Oh, man. So moving away from the people and to the Carl's. The Carl's motivations are only really hinted at. I think we're going to get a lot more of that. In the sequel, I hope so. Um, but how do you how do you view their motivations? Yeah, I mean, we don't get a lot of it, but they they certainly seem to be observing and putting us through some experiments, right? To be like, so can they figure out this puzzle? Like we're like little mice in a maze or something. Can they get to the cheese? Can they? You know, <laughs> are they are they at this level of you know? intelligence and like um community that we feel that we can interact with them more than just they are now but like also it is pretty invasive i mean they like get into our brains and our dreams and it did sound cool but also i can see why people would have been scared oh for mm-hmm. sure you know like who has that for technology sure. to put a game inside your mind without your knowledge you know and like having it spread to other people just by making contact. Like oh, and the fact that they are like calling it an infection and it was <laughs> Dr- spreading. Dreams I was has like, a virus. Yeah. yeah. I was like, really, everything right now I feel like I'm watching or listening to somehow. <laughs> it's like, stop it, Hank. What are you doing? <laughs> right. He uh, didn't know. <laughs> he didn't. So so what do you think the Carls tell humanity about itself? Um you know, like as they're there, what do you think they do? Oh man, I want the hopeful side of me wants to say like it's showing us the the world thing. Like we can come together, we can set aside certain differences, our differences to achieve a goal to solving this because then we'll get the answers we need. You know, from the game that's going on in our heads. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you know. Going back to the defenders, you have these people and you you see another side of just utter fear and antagonism and hate because they just are so filled with fear and anger that like they feel like and and in certain aspects it makes sense because like they feel like they're been invaded, their privacy was invaded, and so they are just like filled with fear because they don't understand it. And you see these two sides. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the Carls are playing everything close to the chest. We don't know what their intentions are. We don't really know what's going on. And they only seem to want to work through April, May. And we don't know why. Like, we find out at the end that they orchestrated it to be April, May. Like, the reason right. her her Metro card didn't work yeah. and the reason she walked across the street at that time. So I want some answers in book two. <laughs> I know. Definitely. I really thought it was because she solved the Bowie sequence. And then it turns out it was really all the way back. But we don't know if maybe there were multiple possible people. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. just happened to be, you know, and April May just happened to be the one to solve it first. But I agree. Like, why April May? And I will read the sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you what do you think? We, we've talked about the dream being infection, but do you think you would have become a dreamer? Do you think you would have gotten involved in the online community and trying to figure out the puzzles together? Uh, I mean, hmm. I would be an observer. I don't know. I think. Like, I think it'd be cool to walk around, yeah. yeah, but I don't know how involved I would be. I mean, I'm not a huge puzzle um, riddle person, but maybe, maybe I would get caught up mm-hmm. in it. I'm pretty positive my husband and I would wake up every day and be like, I solved this one. Which one did you solve? You solved that one? Oh, no, I I solved that one last week, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm almost positive see- that's... I could see my husband getting mm-hmm. into it. Mine like too. I mentioned last episode, we we figured out that he's really into jigsaw puzzles. So like he likes figuring things out. He likes putting things together. Mm-hmm. So he'd probably be texting Tara's husband yeah. all the time. Be like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's do this next time. Yeah. We're going to go to this building and figure out this sequence. Yeah, and, my yeah. husband would probably be into it too. I mean, he's a big gamer. Like he has a podcast about gaming. Like he would yeah. totally yeah. be into it. And But for me... I I like playing games. I like puzzles, but something that requires a lot of time commitment is hard for me and it has gotten hard for me. Um, So it's like, I need something that is, that will not take up so much of my time because not only do you have to, it's not only going in and like solving it and stuff. You have to like memorize what you're seeing, wake up, go online do research, right? How long is that going to take? And then go back to sleep and, you know, solve the puzzle. Um, and I don't have that kind of time. But I think I would follow it because I think it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it would be interesting to see as things are figured yeah. out and whatnot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure um, I'd be obsessed. <laughs> I, I'm like 90% yeah. certain I'd be totally 100% obsessed sure. with this thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would mm-hmm. agree. <laughs> but I definitely um, got a lot of Ready Player One vibes from the dream. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think it really could kind of suck you in. Like once you were in there, I bet it it would be hard to not yeah. be a part of it. Do, do we have proof that that coin in the arcade isn't just a direct uh, <laughs> reference to Ready Player that, One? That because immediately, be. yeah, I don't like, know if he yeah. admitted to it or not. <laughs> But I was like, that better give be, you though. an extra life yeah. or else, Hank Green, I swear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, why did you put that in there? Us nerds are going crazy. <laughs> so we know that there will be a sequel. We've talked about it a bit. What are you most hoping is in the sequel? I hope we get to go to the Carl's planet or like have a more interaction. I mean, obviously, we have to figure out what happened with april Mm -hmm. because we are left in a not good place with her at the end of this book um so how i don't know i just want answers i want answers yeah (laughs) 
And <laughs> what I'm hoping for, because, you know, with April, like her personality is like, oh, yeah, she's young. She's impulsive. I totally get that. I still don't like her. But when she's narrating what's happening, it really sounds like she learned her lesson, right? So in the next book, I want to see maturity. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, oh, I, yeah, what I did there, that was really crappy. And like, I, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> like, just, just a little more maturity, I think, on her, her end. And like, to me, that would be like a little more believable. I mean, people don't just change like automatically, like, you know, it's a bumpy road. But I do want to see some sort of maturity from her, I think. Mm-hmm. So, guys, did you like it? Would you recommend it? I liked it. I don't know if I loved it, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend it. It's really action-packed. There's a lot going on. Um, it's, it's not dense, right? Like some people are afraid of yeah. dense. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you, Susan. It was like a solid like. Like it was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was a pretty fast read. And it's a good time to read it since the second book comes out, I think, in July. Oh, wow. Sometime nice. this summer. So it was a good time to mm-hmm. read it. Yeah, I I really liked it. I think, I think like, I pro- I'm probably, like, maybe one step above mm-hmm. you guys. I didn't love, love, love it, but I really liked it. I was recommending it before I finished it. Nice. Um, to all my, like, sci-fi reader friends. I was like, have you read this one? You should. Yeah. It's good. Well, it, <laughs> it's the good. nice thing about this is there's so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it. Good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say we, uh, you know, I mentioned ready player one, obviously if you haven't read that, I'd recommend that. But then also another kind of vibe I was getting from this was sleeping giants, which is another sci-fi uh, trilogy, very short, fun. So also I would recommend that to kind of go along with this. Nice. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap on an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. Um, hopefully, you guys who listened to it enjoyed the book as much as we did. Our next book on Eclectic Readers is going to be The Gifted School by Bruce Holzinger. Excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, in honor of all our teacher friends, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so if you want to go ahead and you see all the books we talked about and a link to the gifted school, um, go ahead and check out our show notes on eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 82. And you can find us on social media, Goodreads, let's see, and Instagram at eclectic readers and Twitter at eclectic read pod. And where can people find you lovely ladies, Tara? You can find me at Goodreads and Twitter under my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. What about you, Meredith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. Yay. And people can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at Rudy Kaicho, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Go ahead and read and review us on Apple Podcasts, please, so other listeners can find us and have more book discussions and we'll go ahead and shelve this until next month bye ladies bye bye